you want more time, money, freedom, and have a business that's not reliant on you, then you're in the right place. Each week, Mark Creedon, along with some of the very best business minds in the world, will take you through simple, practical steps you can take to create the business you always wanted. From his own practical experience, Mark will show you how to work less, make more, and get the business you always wanted, the one that you deserve. Now here's your host, one of Australia's most sought-after business coaches, Mark Creedon. Welcome to the latest edition of the Mastermind for Business podcast. I'm Mark Creedon, and I'm a little bit pumped because sitting next to me right here is my business partner, my good friend, Michael Yardney. I was about to say CEO of the Metropole Group, but you've no. known me until ever. I have passed that over to you. And thank you for having me. Oh, it's, it's a great pleasure. Founder of the Metropole Property Group. What I want to talk to Michael about today is it's, it's a little bit kind of about how do you let go? So as you're developing your business, how do you let go? How do you, the only way you can really grow your business is by, by, by letting go. And we'll talk more about that. So if right now you feel like you're doing everything in your business, you are 100% in the right place because that's what we're going to talk to Michael about today. Let's get underway with that. Michael, a little bit of background. I think you need a shortcut. The answer is it's not easy. Right. Well, that's right. But, but do you know what? One of your favorite sayings I really like is that if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? So it's, it's bound not to be easy. But in order to grow a business, if like when we first start business, we do everything, don't we? Yes. And you would have done that when you first started Metropole. Worked from home, worked from my study, did uh, all sorts of things. There was a fax machine in those days, cleaned out the rubbish bins at the end of the day, did everything from beginning to end. And, and Michael, how long ago was that? In the year 2000 is when I started working in the current role, working with the public to help them grow their wealth through property. So 23 years, you started doing everything, as you say. Change the fax roll. You know, fax doesn't anymore, do we? No. no. Sign of the times. Change the fax roll, bought the paper, bought the toilet paper, you know, fill up the water bottles, did everything need to happen. How did you go through the process of getting yourself to the point now where really what you do now is what you really want to do? Like you're spending it, do you spend most of your time writing and marketing? Yes, but that's not what I would have liked to do before. So I've evolved, I've grown, and the things I'm having fun doing have changed as well. But what I had to learn was the various stages. So when you first start off, you're excited, I guess, by almost doing everything. And sometimes you do the wrong things. Sometimes you spend too much time doing the things. So the first thing I was told is you've got to get an assistant to do the accounts. You've got to get a bookkeeper. Yeah. That was the days before a virtual assistant. Yeah. So that's yeah. the first thing I let go of. And I was happy to let go of that because it wasn't my strength. But I kept holding on to other things which I thought I could do better than others. How did you get to the point where you let go of those? So there's two things. I want to talk about how you evolved what you like doing and how that's changed for you over time. But before we do that, how did you get to the point where you started to hire assistants to do things so that you could actually free yourself up? Well, there was only so much I could do, and so I knew the concept of – I had the idea of growing a national business. Actually, it came from 
a weekend away at Coolum with Brad Sugars. It was the same sort of thing as nowadays you and I do at Wealth Retreat, where we design people's lives. And Brad Sugars designed our life, and Pam and I went there, and I designed the Metropole company as it is today. I worked out what I wanted it to look like and then worked back at all the things we had to do, like having offices in the big capital cities, having a blog, because that was what was there, not podcasts or YouTubes, yeah. and how many subscribers on my database, how many people in the team experts in each state. And so I actually started with the end in mind, and then I started to build it bit by bit. I think there's a – we'll come back to sort of how you let go of things and how you evolve <coughs> what it is that you like to do in a second, but I think one of the big things about that is that Really, success does come by design, not by accident, doesn't it? You know, you, you, some people look at people, oh, they're so lucky they've had such success. But luck doesn't really play that much of a part. It's more about design, isn't it? Well, luck does play a part. There's dumb luck, there's fortuitous luck, or in my mind, the luck that happens because you've prepared, you uh, have planned, you've studied, you've got yourself in the right position so that when an opportunity comes, you take advantage of it. That's different to fortuitous luck. It's in yeah. some ways organised luck. Yeah, planned, organised, creating, making it. They were saying you make, you make your luck. So you set out with a very clear picture, a very clear plan, and then how, how much did you plan, you know, where you are now? So how much did you plan to the point where, where you're running a business that is not as reliant on you? That came later on. The first stage was to build a big business, and I didn't really know what the end game was, what was going to happen, whether I was going to sell it, retire, or even list the company, which really was never in my intentions, but others had uh, discussed doing that with their companies. So the first thing was to grow the business, and then in 2006, I got my first business coach who pointed me in the right direction, who told me about the, the concept of leveraging my time better by having other people do things. And he, in fact, suggested that he should be the CEO of the business. In around 2008, I stepped back for the first time, let somebody else be the CEO, and it didn't work. And I think it didn't work for two reasons. Firstly, I really wasn't ready to let go. And, and the other was it was probably not the right choice of person, but it was to be honest, it was a lot of it was me. I wasn't ready yet. So, so there's that, that concept of the, the, the sort of the, the CEO founder dilemma where CEOs come into a business and the founders just aren't ready to let go. And so the CEO becomes frustrated because they don't, they don't get the opportunity to do what, you know, put their stamp on the business. Founder gets frustrated because they, there's, you know, overstepping of the mark and you, I can see how that whole thing, mm. whole thing wouldn't work. How did you... You said before that you evolved in terms of what you like to do. Was evolving what you like to do a big part of the letting go process? In other words, was it a matter of going, I really want to find things that I want to do, so therefore in order to do that I need to let go of this other stuff? That was one. The other was recognising where my strengths are and where my weaknesses are. So having built a business with around 80 people in it, one of my weaknesses actually has been people management. Uh, I've employed the wrong people. I, in the past, used to employ mini-me's, people that were like me. And along the way, I, I learned, but I recognised that other people had strengths that were better 
interested me. I think the other was that it was time. I'd done it. I'd been satisfied. I've achieved a lot of what I've wanted to achieve. But I wasn't ready to sell up or or close the door. Uh, So we had to see what the next uh, evolution was. And an element was the fact that I turned 70. And uh, I still remember the chat that you and I had as we walked through Cairns about what the next stage of the business was, what was holding it back and what was still able to work. And I recognised, hey, there's better people than me to do what I actually didn't want to do as much anymore. Because I think if I go back to to that chat, the big thing for me was not that you couldn't do it because I respected everything that you could achieve, but in lots of ways what I saw is you didn't really want to do a lot of those things anymore. So the success of of evolution for your business and, and sort of stepping away and letting go is actually being prepared to do that, being prepared to let go, isn't it? Yes, yes. And and identifying that because what you've done is you've replaced a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't really want to do with stuff that you actually do enjoy doing. So people ask me, well, why are you still working? Why are you still busy? And I used to say I've got nothing better to do, but that was the wrong words. There's nothing better I would rather do. So I'm still busy doing things that I'm enjoying doing. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good you know definition. I really like that. Um, let's talk about what you are doing now. What are the things that, that how do you spend your time? A large part of my time is content creation, which I enjoy. So people used to ask me, well, what are your hobbies? And my hobby is actually writing, podcasting, doing videos. And they say, that's your job, that's your work. But isn't it fun if your hobby yeah. and your work is the same thing? Yeah. So I, I, I actually like the creative process. I'm no good at art. I'm no good at music. But at the end of it, if I've actually spent a couple of hours and come up, once a week I write a decent blog where I put my thoughts together. I use the perspective of various things I've read and try and coagulate it. I'm not sure that I've ever, even though I've written nine books and I'm probably the most published Australian author on property and I've written more blogs than almost everybody else, I'm not sure that I've come up with a lot of new ideas. I think my strength is actually putting other people's content together in a perspective and uh, fitting it in. And from my years of experience, also realising what's perfect useful and what isn't. So that actually excites me and turns me on, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. I enjoy the creation of podcasts. I enjoy our chats. And I still look after a small group of clients, but I can choose who I play with. I can choose what I do. Yeah. Uh, and the other really important part of the week you asked what I do is, and you know it, my afternoons with my grandkids. I, Tuesday afternoon, I pick up one set of grandkids from school and spend the afternoon with them. Wednesday is another set. Friday evenings, I see my, my kids something I didn't have with my parents or or, or my grandparents. So I've got a balance. And then in two weeks' time, we're going on a three-week holiday to Europe. But I'm still going to have the computer with me. I'm still going to look at my emails, you know me. Interestingly, a lot of the pressure has gone. Unfortunately, he's taking over the CRO. I've moved it on to you. But but, but the answer is I've been ready to let go. And it's made my life much more pleasurable. Yeah. It's interesting, Michael, because I look at you now spending time with the grandkids and, and you, you always you always took holidays mm. and, and you did always work on holidays. I remember you you were ringing me from oh, I forget what it was then. Something you said to me, I said, why don't you enjoy the view? And I think it was well, how many pyramids can I look at? <laughs> <laughs> I've got emails to deal with. Yeah. But but I think 
The reason that, that most, most people listening to this podcast now, the reason that they've gone into their own business is so that they can get, you know, more time, more money, but more freedom. And yet often that's not what happens. That's the reason you go into the business. You become a slave to the business. So one of the re- biggest reasons is people have to prepared to let go because they think others won't do it as well. Mm. And, you know, much of the time that's true, even though there's a lot of people in the metropolitan company, urban companies that do things better than me in all areas. In the construction company, I don't know one end of a saw from another. I only hurt myself if I lifted up a hammer. Uh, in buyers agency, I don't know the Brisbane suburbs. I don't know why one street is better than the other. So I've actually surrounded ourselves with a great team of people. Yeah. So first of all, there are some, some people who can do things better than me, and there are others who won't do some of the roles as well as I could. Yeah. But does it really matter? I'm not a perfectionist as much anymore. So 80%, 90% is probably yeah. good enough, and most people wouldn't notice the difference. It, that, I think that's the big yeah. So I think that's a really interesting point because one of the things that I often say to our mastermind members is if you can let go of something and somebody else can do it at 70 or 80% of what you would have done, that's probably good enough. And in most cases, your clients won't know Particularly if they haven't experienced you, and, and as long as you know it's it's sort of you know ticking the right boxes, it's it's probably where you need to be. Also, just because you think the way you're doing it is the right way, yeah, isn't necessarily the only way, and that's one of the things I've learned. And I think as I've matured, my ego has uh, been put back in the box, so I'm prepared to accept ideas and thoughts. And different ways of doing things. That's really hard when you've been the only one making the decisions for a long time and your income and the success of your business and the client's success has depended upon you making the right decisions. Yes. It's an interesting point. I was going to say before, you know, sometimes people will do it better, but sometimes they'll just do it differently. And that's okay. Yes. Because sometimes, sometimes that different is actually better. But, But how did you, how did you get to the point where you were prepared to let go. So you mentioned before that when you had your first CEO in, in 2008, that didn't work because you weren't ready. What, what, I know, you know, you said before it was part of it was turning 70, but, but there was, there was more than that, wasn't there, to, to get you to that point? Because you didn't just suddenly let go no. overnight. No, was, no. So I, th- I think there was a combination of a number of things. One was COVID and working from home, which I actually enjoyed actually in Melbourne where we were locked down for 260 days. Uh, and, and so I actually, had to let go yeah. and had to let other people do things yeah. and had to do things over Zoom, had to uh, learn how to manage a company remotely uh, and let other people manage their bits, particularly in other states where you weren't as locked down. So that was part of the evolution. The other was actually deciding what the end game is. What would the company look like? What's the next stage of the company? So we had gone through a growth spurt. We'd had a particularly good growth spurt after the COVID pandemic led to a once-in-generation property boom, but the business had grown significantly. And then what's the next step? Because after each phase of growth, it's not continuous. Mm. Eventually, you hit a brick wall and you've got to change. You've got to have different systems, different products. Uh, And this is not just about services like we provide. 
but, but anything, you, you see many businesses stagnate, and I didn't want it to stagnate. Yeah. I wanted it to grow. And so, therefore, what does one have to put in place for it to grow the next level? So some people are just happy to stagnate. I know one of our, our tenants in uh, a commercial property we own, an accountant's been there for 15 years. One guy and his uh, assistant secretary, receptionist, he hasn't grown. He's yeah. got the same phone number. Yeah. I think he has got uh, the new prefix that hasn't <laughs> changed. You know how you got some of those old yeah. phone numbers? I don't even have a number in front of it. <laughs> that, that, that's right. He's happy with that. Yeah. Again, being an accountant, I guess he's that sort of person. Yeah, he's not wanting structured yeah, thinking. Yeah. 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 Uh, but we, as a group, didn't want Metropole to stagnate. Yeah. So that meant we had to find different roles for different people and other people step up. And, and tap into the resources that, the, that you have around you and, and allowing people to step up. Because you and I have both seen, and there's, there's a couple of people that spring to mind and mm. I'm not going to mention, but you and I have both seen people that have hung on too long. Mm. Do you know where they've just, they haven't been prepared to let go. And so they've, they've not done that with the intention of the business stagnating. It's not that they've been happy, but the business has stagnated because they've, they've hung on too long. And we've both seen that happen. Mm. I think the, the other thing too, Michael, is that, that what I've watched with you is not only getting out and enjoying the things and spending time with the grandkids, which I think is great, but, but there's a big part of trust, isn't there? There's a big part of you sort of going, well, do you know what? If, if I, if I let go in the right way and I get the right people and then I trust them to do the right thing, then that's probably what's going to help me to scale the business. Very much so. Interestingly, only this morning I was thinking about that. Not knowing that we were, because this is an impromptu no, discussion. No, we we're having, but I was thinking about this and why I was comfortable trusting you. And while this is a personal discussion between you and me, our listeners are going to get the benefit as well. I hope because you did your apprenticeship. We've been working together for a long time initially as my business coach and then with a, a part-time role within the business. And, and you actually did it, and probably deep down in your mind, you probably were hoping to get to the top and you have, but you did your apprenticeship each step of the way. You'd learned about various stages of the business. You didn't ask for a large income. You actually uh, did it uh, fairly and, and, and worked your way up to the point where you deserved the role as opposed to we've grabbed it. But there's others in the business, and I would be wrong not to mention Brett Warren, who's been with us for over 12 years, a buyer's agent to start with, and then as a property strategist. And he, we, we had a couple of different franchises in Brisbane, and he stuck with it. And he's yeah. done his apprenticeship, and he's shown his loyalty. Yeah. So I guess it's important to have the right people, but mm. with the door opening an opportunity for him. Sure, he's needed to learn new skills and you as a coach have helped him, but I guess it's important to get the right people. How do you learn to trust them? Uh, I think that's got to be just earned. Yes. It's got to be earned. Yes. I think it has, but I think the other thing too is you had to have your eyes open to see that. You had to be prepared, you know, take the blinkers off and be prepared to see that. I, I, I didn't One of the traits of successful entrepreneurs is having a big ego. Yes. You yes. have to. Of course you uh, And that makes it hard to accept yeah. that other people could do it as well or better or as good as you. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the challenges uh, yeah. of successful people, putting the ego 
back in the box a little bit. Be- because you, to be an entrepreneur, you have to have an ego. Yeah. You couldn't cope with the, the various knocks and belts that come from, from being. Mm. So it is a matter of, of just corralling that ego, I yes. think, and, and, and using it. I mean, it's like, you know, the old Star Wars thing, you know, use, use the force for good. Use the ego for good, not for bad. Now that you've now that you've stepped away from a lot of the things, the day to day operation of the business, you're enjoying your time. Do you do you look? Is it a bit like a is it a bit like a family, Michael? Do you sort of do you look down on the on the Metropole Group and and the people and and, and sort of with with a sense of pride? I felt a huge sense of responsibility for the team over COVID, where we proudly didn't lose anybody. Didn't some people had to take some extra holiday pay, work four days a week rather than five days a week. But but I, these people, and sometimes it's hard for a boss to recognise it when you've never been an employee yourself. Yeah. But they've got mortgages, they've got kids, school, they've got school fees, uh, and their livelihood depends upon you giving them, uh, you're not taking handouts, but, but, but you're giving them the security of an income. And that was particularly brought home to me when a lot of people's livelihoods were potentially threatened with the risk of what could have happened during that pandemic. Yeah. So I think we've become more of a family, it, probably not as much now as during those days when we had Friday afternoon Zoom drinks and, yeah. and quizzes. Don't worry, we're bringing them back. Good. They're coming back <laughs> to, to hold us together as a yeah. family. I think it's a really, really important point. I think that if I if I sit back and, and watch what you've done, and I've always both admired and respected what you've done within the business, but I think I've equally admired and respected as I've watched you evolve, let go, spend the time. I mean, I, I, I you know, I love it of an afternoon if I call you, don't answer. I go, I'm here with the grandkids. You know, that's, and I, I think that's, that's a great thing that you do. And it's been nice to watch that as a friend. It's been nice to watch that evolve for you as well. So one of the reasons I'm able to do it is firstly, because the business is financially successful. But secondly, I've developed a level of financial independence and a successful one because of my property investments as well. I think if you're comfortable and you're not chasing the dollar, it actually also yeah, makes a difference. Does it, does it really matter if we make 10% or 5% more or less. If I, I, that was one of the other things that has come over time. When is enough enough? Yeah. How much more do you have to chase? Yeah. Because I was chasing. I was wanting to grow. I was wanting to prove in my early part of my life and even probably more recently. But again, that's one of the things we discuss at Wealth Retreat also. Uh, why? What yeah. are you doing? When is enough enough? Yeah. Um, because that's given me a sense of, Comfort, satiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've looked at the importance of trusting people around you, being open to it, and getting the right people around you, letting go at the right time, making sure that you don't let go too soon as you did initially or, or as you haven't done, too late, which we've seen people do. And I think, Michael, it's it's also just remembering about why you really went into business. I mean, yes, there was you, you wanted to prove things. Yes, you wanted to be financially independent. You, you wanted to use your profits from business to to fund your your property portfolio. But the other thing is, uh, it is about having choices. We talk. I mean, you've, you've mentioned wealth Creed a couple of times. We do that uh, every year on the Gold Coast. But one of the things we do talk about wealth Creed, apart from understanding your why, is is understanding that. Gathering wealth and success is actually about choices and freedom. Yes. 
less so than about dollars in the bank. Very much so, especially when, as we're getting older, people around us, some are no longer there, others are not enjoying the health that I'm lucky enough to, to have. Yeah. Uh, so enjoy it while you can. Yeah, 100%. Thank you. This is fantastic. And I, guys, I actually did put Michael on the spot. He's here in the Brisbane office for the for the Metropole Charity Ball, and I just popped and said, hey, have you got 20 minutes? Would you mind jumping in and having a quick podcast with me? These are the sort of things that we teach our clients in, in Mastermind all the time. Mm. We talk to them about how they can scale their business, but really it's about how they can actually let go and and grow the business that becomes a lot less reliant on them. If you are in a professional practice or you're in a service business and these are the sort of things that you'd like to learn, metropolemastermind.com.au, have a chat until the next episode of the Mastermind. Can I just say one yes. thing? Of course. It's a really good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. If you want that feeling, then metropolemastermind.com.au. Michael, thank you. My pleasure. We'll see you uh, in the next episode of the Mastermind for Business podcast. Thank you, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Mastermind for Business podcast. If you're ready to have a business that you're not a slave to, check out metropolemastermind.com.au or have a chat with Mark and the team at all the W's, see what's possible, dot today.